I, I saw enough of Halloween weekend. Everyone posting this stuff, man. Aaron Rodgers won Halloween weekend, in my opinion, Brandon. Went into Arizona. Like knocked, he went into Arizona, knocked off an undefeated team. Let's start with that. But then the okay. dedication to the John Wick, and then you saw him bop into that Pusheisty. You saw him bopping <laughs> with that fake gun. That is why Aaron Rodgers, to me, won every Halloween costume, outfit, whatever you want to put out there. That's valid. The John Wick was pretty dope. Aaron Rodgers, last couple of years, he's, he's, I think, admittedly a lot of, I think, guys that maybe weren't a big fan of him personally have, have come around. He's definitely shown a different side to us. and He's a pretty comical dude. Yeah, damn it. Let's start the show. Let's go. What up, what up, what up? Welcome in, Jason Spells, New York City, Brady Adler, L.A. Um, woof. We got a lot to talk about, short amount of time. We're going to start with the heavy stuff early. Wide receiver for the Raiders, Henry Ruggs III, released by the team. He was their first-round draft pick in 2020. According to police reports, he was speeding and driving drunk at 3 a.m. when his car hit a RAV4, causing the SUV to catch fire and killing a woman and her dog inside of the car that's a situation in which you know we, we've talked at length about the evils of over consumption over indulging but to see an unnecessary loss of life that's difficult yeah it's tough man i mean at the end of the day it's hard to really think about sports in a moment like this like obviously henry ruggs you know athlete that's why we're talking about it but you know, this is just a matter of making good choices, making choices that affect other people and, uh, you know, not putting yourself in a position that's not needed. You know, I think the first pe- thing people gravitate towards is like, why not call an Uber? But a step beyond that, the NFL actually offers these guys kind of a ride service outside of that itself. So, you know, they don't have to be embarrassed or you know, be around public figures, whatever. It's just, it's disappointing. You know, Ruggs has been a very promising player and, you know, this this is his career he's done unfortunately and you know the loss of a life and it's just unfortunate yeah right now he's uh been charged with two felony two felonies basically that could potentially see him in jail from two to 20 years and under Nevada law he can't take probation right so we've other people have brought up different instances with other NFL players who were driving drunk and how they didn't serve time they were able to go back to work this is not one of those instances. It isn't. So we cannot compare this to anything else we've seen um, from other players who have been driving drunk and been involved in accidents. We have a fatality. We have a massive fireball. If you take a look at the pictures, it was a pretty yeah. violent crash. Yeah. So it's, was driving a Corvette. His, uh, the mother of his daughter was next to him. They were both seriously injured, but not life-threatening. But to see all of these things come into fruition or see all these things come into play, and the speed at which the Raiders said, get out of here. This is a situation in which his career is over. It is. Right. All because he overindulged and got behind the wheel of his car. There's no excuse for that. Like you said, the NFL gives players more than enough opportunities and supports to make sure this does not happen. You pray for everyone that's involved, right? Because now two families are completely decimated by the tragic events of what happened uh, Tuesday morning. But hopefully other NFL players learn the evils of overconsumption and getting behind the wheel. We say that every time this happens, though, right? And so that's the problem. 
we have to change it so that players feel more comfortable calling their service as opposed to getting behind the wheel of a car. Agreed. And I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole and make this into a whole political thing too, but I think we need to look at our societal norms. You look at us versus other countries and it's just like DUIs are a very forgiven thing in American culture. A lot of other places, you know, it's one and done. You get caught drinking and driving, you never have a license again. And I think it's time for us to look at a little bit stricter laws regarding this because it, we keep hearing this story over and over and over and it's not just famous people. So clearly there's a disconnect between how serious people are taking this. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where if you're of a certain age, you all know at least one person who has a DUI. Right. And the, to your credit, right, the stigma isn't there, uh, which it should be. Because once again, there's never an excuse to get behind the wheel drunk, ever, period. Um, also, National Football League trade deadline happened yesterday. You know what didn't happen on the trade deadline? Deshaun Watson. Not a damn thing happened. He's still in Houston, still getting paid, still not playing. Von Miller, though, is gone. And I, I was actually shocked to see the deal about Von Miller going from the Broncos to the Rams. But then it made all the sense in the world. He was in the last year of his contract. Yeah. The Broncos were, they ain't going nowhere. They ain't doing a damn thing in the AFC West. He was due $9.7 million this season. So he got traded to, or for the rest of the season, $9.7 million over the final half of the year. The Broncos are still going to pay his $9 million. The Rams are only responsible point you know for 700k and the rams are all in trying to show up their defense to make a super bowl run and the broncos get two picks to help restart their rebuild it makes complete sense it absolutely does and i mean i get von's sentiment you know he was very emotional about the whole ordeal obviously super bowl 50 he was such a huge piece of that because it wasn't peyton manning and his spaghetti arm that was getting it done for them that's a sensitive Um, subject for me (laughs) super bowl 50 is a real sensitive subject for me Sorry, Cam. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, it was the right move. The Rams, obviously, you know, they got their foot to the floor. They're trying to get a title. This is probably one of the best opportunities that they have, which I still don't think they have a real opportunity. But, you know, I know that Vaughn, he didn't say anything negative about the Broncos. Obviously, you know, he, he expects to be in, be in their ring of fire honor, like their little Hall of Fame for the Broncos itself. You know, it sounds like all that's going to happen at the Did end of the really career. you really say Ring so, of Fire, like Johnny Cash? <laughs> yes, what is it? It's Ring of something, though. It's, it's a Ring of Honor, I think. Whatever ring of it. Honor, ring yes, of honor, you're right. I'm sorry. I haven't had my coffee yet, bro. Anyways, so, yeah, it makes all the sense. Yeah, commend like, Brandon for getting up early today. It's 1030 in the East, 739 in the West. Shout out to Brandon getting up, getting up with the sun on the West Coast. Commitment. But, no, I feel like the Broncos actually did the right thing for Von Miller. I'm sure he's a little disappointed in one of the state put. But we also, like, his legal problems weren't really talked about. It was getting kind of ugly the last couple of years there. And they're giving him an opportunity to go play with a team where he doesn't have to, like, be this aging star that's proving himself over and over. Like, he's going to go in, fit with that system. And I don't know if they're a Super Bowl-bound team, even with Von Miller, but he does improve their chances with an already very stellar defense. Yeah, the Rams are trying to be the second team to host and win a Super Bowl after the Buccaneers did it last back season. Back to um, back. Von Miller was a bit emotional when he found out he was leaving Denver. He even expressed that he hopes to come back and end his career as a Bronco, which we have seen before. I mean, like I said, it makes sense. He doesn't have to go and be dominant. Ugh, Super Bowl 50, Von Miller. He just has <laughs> to go and make sure that Aaron Donald doesn't get double teamed. That's his only job. 
make sure Aaron Donald is a double team by bringing pressure from the opposite side of the line has to adjust. So it makes sense. I agree with you. I don't think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, but damn it, what do I know? Meanwhile, not much because I just want to call out that at the beginning of the year, when Stafford came on as quarterback, you were very low on the Rams. And I told you they're going to be a good squad. Okay. 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 You did that. You said your piece. You said your piece. (laughs) Now it's time for me to say my player about your boy (laughs) Baker Mayfield. And guess who this is coming from? This is coming from none other than Odell Beckham Sr. I don't know who OBJ's that is. I don't know who pops. I don't, oh, you don't know, know who Odell Beckham Sr. is? Odell I don't Beckham know who, who the OBJs are at these points because, um, anyways, we'll get there in a minute. Odell Beckham Sr. got on Instagram, posted an 11-minute video. You know how hard you got to do to edit an 11-minute video? And it was like sideways, too. But an 11-minute <laughs> video of game footage of Baker Mayfield missing passes to Odell Beckham Jr., Right. So like, okay, boom. He was really trying to prove his point on Instagram. The shit that got me though, he had like the soundtrack up beneath it. REM's Everybody Hurts. Like that just played on a loop up under the video. And I got the I got the melodramatic effect he was going for. But he could have used a different song. I mean, if we're going with obscure, like I guess is REM rock? I don't know. Whatever. We go with obscure alternative. Yeah, we go with obscure music. Like I would have probably ran with like Creed arms wide open. Oh, God. What? I say something wrong? Did Odell Beckham Jr. say something wrong about your beloved Baker Mayfield? He's terrible. Look, Baker's not not as good as I wanted him to be. I mean, that rookie year, impressive. Second year, I blame it all on Freddie Kitchens. Last year, he looked really good again. I thought this would be the year he made the big step. And, yeah, he's got injuries and whatnot. But ultimately, Baker just tries to do a little bit too much. And he may not have the arm and the precision passing to really be an elite quarterback. So it's all valid. I think the Baker questioning. Did, you, did, did he really just say the arm and the precision passing to be an elite? Mm-hmm. Boy, I, I, I think the, the feedback on him is pretty words. fair. I think, like, you see a lot of the ESPN guys in the morning say, like, he's a serviceable quarterback. That's about it. And that's true. I think that's where Baker's at this point. But Odell Beckham Jr. at no point over the last five years has looked anything like an elite receiver. And it's just getting old how often him and his camp try and for, or even Nike for that matter, try and force the narrative that he's still some all-star receiver. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Had he not played for the Giants and not had a couple of really big catches on national TV, I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is the name we give it. Facts. Facts. Uh, You know, I have often said if that catch was made in Nashville on a random regional Sunday game, yeah, it would have been cool. It would have been viral. It wouldn't be everything that we've made it out to be. Um, he's right. had a lot of injuries. He's not the same receiver. That's to be expected. But to see Pops go on Instagram and play that, yeah, that's not going to go. That's over. love. That's so that's funny. That's not going to go over. You know where there is not any love lost? Matter of fact, I don't even know if love was ever there. The locker room of the Chicago Bulls circa 1993 to 1998. Scotty Pippen, dropping a book next week. Name of the book, Unguarded. And, you know, Pip, Pip, been, uh, ooh, Pip been on one lately since the last dance came out. Remember, like, a couple of months back, he called Phil Jackson racist. Mm-hmm. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Now he's coming for Michael Jordan and John Paxson. 
So the Pips book is coming out next week, and he talks about the last dance. Oof. And he says that the only reason the last dance came out was because Michael was determined to prove to the current generation of fans that he was larger than life during his day and still larger than LeBron James, the player many consider his equal, if not superior. So Michael presented his story, not the story of the last dance. And all, he said all this because he released part of, um, or we know all this, he released part of the book to GQ and they put it on their website. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, he got the first co- uh, eight episodes, he watched it with his kids, and it was like, I couldn't believe my eyes. And the second episode, which was focused for a while on my difficult upbringing, the narrative returned to Michael. It was nothing more than a prop, his best teammate of all timeline that he called Pip. He couldn't have been more condescending. On second thought, Pip says, I could believe my eyes. I spent a lot of time around the man. I know what made him tick, how naive I was to expect anything he also goes on to say that you know michael jordan was the or jordan brand was executive producer of the documentary so they got 10 million for it no one else got paid so Mm -hmm. all those interviews all the footage in which the bulls let the cameras into their locker room only person to cash in on that was jordan and i told you he had shots of john paxson also in the book he said pax called him up crying he said him and pax ain't been cool uh yeah, yo, Pip got some shit he got to get off his chest, bro. And he doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going back to the Phil stuff, like, look, I, I wasn't there with with him and the team. I don't know all the moments Phil had with them. Obviously, Phil is is considered, you know, one of the most considerate and, and spiritual coaches, and that's been a big reason players have loved playing for him. But, you know, I, I think everybody has some issues here and there with some of their actions and may not realize it. So maybe there were some microaggressions that Phil didn't realize, but that's in the past, whatever. I didn't necessarily agree with all that. I might be in the minority that's like, I think everything Pippen's saying about this is pretty true. And I've seen a lot of people's takes on social, just like Scotty needs to shut up. Like, what is he talking about? Like, where's the lie? One, Jordan was the person that greenlit this project. It's been widely publicized that he did approve of this project shortly after LeBron won his last title. And the reason being is he was getting worried that there was way too much LeBron versus Michael comparison. Second, you watch the documentary, he's 100% right. This is a documentary for Michael Jordan. This isn't a documentary for the Chicago Bulls. Or the last um, days. They, they used right. the crux of that final season. But the footage right. goes back to 1984, 1985. Right. That was not the last dance. That was the virtues of Michael Jordan. Right. This was this was the documentary from Michael Jordan with, you know, the quote unquote supporting cast, which is how Jordan always kind of looked at it. And I think Pips had enough of it. Like Scotty Pippen, I mean, just look at the 1991 NBA finals. The job he did on Magic Johnson defensively alone was the reason they won that series so handedly. Jordan was he was the closer. I mean, that's really how I look at it. It doesn't mean that the last four minutes were the only times he was valuable, but that's really where his value was. Michael's advantage over everybody else was wasn't like this ungodly like athletic Greek god that people kind of make him be like the margin of error was still pretty small back then the difference between what he scored in Barkley or Malone or so and so in the finals it was usually pretty slim but his ability to just get laser focused in the last couple of minutes and do what needed to be done that's what separated Jordan from the rest with that being said Pippen was amazing does not get enough credit I agree with him I think Jordan's very condescending and kind of uses them as a prop Whole thing with Paxson, 
the Bulls treated him like absolute garbage after the team was torn apart, kind of trotted him out like he was like a mascot for the team, never really got respect. You know, I, I don't know if I would handle it the same way Scotty is, and I think that's why a lot of people are looking at him like he's a little bit crazy, but I think everything Scotty's saying is fairly justified. Look, man, here's what people got to understand. Do you like your coworkers daily? Are they your best friends? No, we have this fallacy in which we think, oh my God, they travel the country together. They spend all this time. They're playing with their friends. That's, I'll tell you right now, the sports journalists, that is a lie. We in the media and the team perpetuate to make fan bases feel good about their team, specifically in Midwest markets. They hate each other. They're only, the, they're only there so they get their paycheck. They like to win championships. In the moment, yeah, you're euphoric, you're loving, you're hugging, you're crying, blood, sweat, and tears. But when the final whistle blows, triple zero hits the clock, they're going their separate ways, living their separate lives. And when they retire, many of them don't talk. We saw some of that towards the end, how people didn't get along in the last dance. They didn't get along then. You thought it was going to get better with time? No. So I'm Scotty Pippen succeeded in this. I've already pre-ordered the book. I want to see the rest of the shit, right? So like, right. congrats to Pip. We'll fill you in on um, kind of what happened in it uh, whenever I get it and finish it. Not hold people too long today. What were you doing Monday night uh, when I started texting you at midnight Eastern time? Um, I think I was I was watching Detroiters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you had no clue what the pole assassin was, did you? No, I had no idea. I still, even when you said it, some of the story was taken down, so I didn't get all of it, but I caught pieces of it. <laughs> Go ahead and tell the story. This is actually going to be like the first time I think I've gotten all of it together. So this involves University of Texas football coach, a haunted house, a monkey, and the aforementioned pole assassin. Jeff Banks is the special teams coach for the Longhorns, lives with his girlfriend, woman by the name of Danielle Thomas. They decided in their Austin area home, they were going to invite their neighbors over. So they go in next door or whatever the damn app is called. Put it out there. Hey, we have a haunted house from 7 to 9 with kids, adults, can 9 to 11, and party. That sounds weird. Sounds like some swinger stuff, but I digress. So then they then sit there and say, we have our backyard, create a little haunted situation in the backyard. Oh, fantastic. You know what else was in their backyard? A monkey in a cage. Why was the monkey in the cage? Well, back to Danielle, a.k.a. the pole assassin, an exotic dancer who used the monkey in her act. Some of you may have seen the pole assassin before when she was on Jerry Springer. So back to present day, the pole assassin got the monkey in the back, neighborhood kids walking through the backyard as well. Well, somehow the kid gets to the monkey cage and we know what happens next. The monkey bit the kid. They had to call first responders reportedly to get the monkey's jaws off of the child's fingers. So in this instance, things like this happen. It's on the internet. What do you do? You shut up. You don't say anything. First rule in life, if anything bad happens to you, delete every social media app off your phone. Danielle does not live by this creed. She then proceeds to go on Twitter, respond to everyone, post a video walking through the backyard, showing her backyard, her monkeys, said the kids should have known better, doubled down on all the stuff. And of course, the internet drug her, drug her for it. She closed down her Twitter account, um, but not before the internet found videos of her and the monkey at their place of employment, the pole. No words, dude. This is, this is amazing. This is 
so I had a, a college teacher who I, I just loved. I, every class of his I could take, I would absolutely pick as soon as it was available. And, you know, I'm going to say this and it's a little bit outdated, but it's still like the sentiment of it's so valid. He used to always say sports are so popular for men. And it really is, man. Like, this is the kind of drama we get out of things. Like, this is our real Housewives of Atlanta. And it's just like, but instead of having a cast of seven people. Real Housewives of Austin. There you go. But instead of having a cast of seven people, we literally have everybody in the sports universe. And it just never fails to entertain. Also, like, Jerry Springer. Name I haven't heard in a long time. Such a classic show. I think at some point we got to honor it a little bit down the road. Okay, so I'll be honest. I saw her work because you know what i'm on twitter she did assassinate the poll i'll give her credit she was <laughs> qualified in her, her chosen profession. um so back to jeff banks i believe his name yeah jeff banks special teams coach for the um <laughs> for the university of texas football team so the backstory also was he was married with a child left them for said poll assassin so the, the story gets rich as you go through the layers of it. And I mean, as she was posting all these videos and responding to everyone and saying, you don't know, I, I don't play about my animals. The whole time I'm like, she ain't doing nothing but getting this man fired. Like, you know, they got to fire him at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Because Texas isn't good. Uh, the special teams outfit isn't good. And then you just did this. And then now everyone knows the backstory. The dude left his wife reportedly left his wife and child for the pole assassin the best part of all this is for whatever reason i've conjured this image in my head because she's so proud of what she does her name and everything is like i could see her driving around town in the corvette like literally with like the plates that say pole assassin like as condensed as possible in a specialized plate but she just seems like a special yeah i can see that i can see that Oh, it gets better. So, you know, the internet, everything, this is the kind of person who posts everything on the internet, as we've outlined. Yeah, there are videos of her driving around a bedazzled steering wheel with the monkey sitting in her lap, hands on the steering wheel. Yeah, so you, you're dead on. Whatever y'all are thinking right now, the answer is yes. 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 And yes, this is the end of this week's show. Thank y'all for listening. As always, if you like the you like the podcast, like it. But if you love the podcast, you share it. Put your people on so they, they can put their people on. And we're going to keep doing this. Brandon, enjoy the rest of your day. I know it's early for you. Word of the day. Pole assassin. Pole assassin. Man, I wish it was like life was like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. Like anytime somebody said that word, everybody just kind of freaked out or something. I think that's going to be my objective is to just work pole assassin in the conversations all day. Mm-hmm.